And we are back with episode 860 of The Critical Myth. I'm John, your host, and tonight we have... Jeez, John, it feels like forever, but I'm still here waiting. Yes, it's Gary from Jacksonville. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, elephant in the room. We did end up having some scheduling difficulties that we were unexpecting, or not expecting. Oh, boy, it's going to be one of those nights. Uh, yeah, in the month of May, uh, everything kind of got a little bit crazy as literally all the shows came back. Everything is coming to a rousing close relatively soon, if not already. And, yeah, as you can imagine, it's just been a little bit hectic. And so, yeah, just trying to get everybody in one place, and even when it's just two of us, is kind of difficult. So I was also holding out just in case we could have gotten perhaps Edmund back by now, but unfortunately that didn't quite work out, though he, he did weigh in with some scores on some shows, which we will talk about uh, later this episode or uh, next time. But uh, before I go any further than that, uh, uh, the, the usual kind of apologies for uh, being a little bit off schedule, but, you know, real life does sometimes happen. Um, Gary, you want to give like a general disclaimer for the fact that we're going to talk about some movies and things that have come out? Oh, geez, yes. Um, as typical, um, we uh, spoil not to uh, harm, but rather to inform and discuss. So um, we will be in this episode, um, I believe, mainly discussing um, some movies, some television shows that we don't typically cover in our review sessions, as well as some literature that we've come across. Um, so um, if as we reach a topic that you might not want to be um, spoiled about, uh, feel free to fast forward or pause until you have a chance to read it. Although in this case of some of the books, and there are a few hundred pages, that I don't want you to pause that long. So uh, we really won't try to spoil it too bad so much as uh, uh, discuss things and not not avoid anything to be discussed. There you go. All right. Yeah, we are uh, actually going to be talking a little bit about a little movie that came out this week. Yeah, we, we're, we are recording before either of us get to watch Solo, so no, we're not going to talk about that this time. But we are going to talk about what came out last weekend. and that Island of Dogs? Dogs? Island of Dogs? Yeah, I love Dogs. Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Okay. I Feel Pretty came out yes. on, on DVD. <gasps> I know. I know. That's definitely the one we're talking about. We are not talking that's... about Deadpool 2. I Nope. Not going to... Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. Yes. We both watched Deadpool 2. And uh, Gary, what are your initial thoughts on this? How can Marina Baccarin so, still look so amazing? I, it, uh, yeah, it, it, was that the first thing that popped into your mind as the movie started? I know that was for me. I, I swear she looks exactly the same as she did on Firefly. I know. It's I know that was kind of shocking. Uh, yeah, considering uh, that I, I I was literally just thinking about how long ago Firefly was a few a few days ago. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, actually um, kind of like if we want to spoil anything, it's kind of very um, kind of pointed. The fact that uh, she's in this movie, um, kind of her, her uh, she helps drive the plot. Let's put it that way. And yeah, this is a much different Deadpool movie, I think. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's kind of a... Uh, I'm not saying that it was in any way, uh, well, that it was inferior. I actually think that this movie was, in its own way, on par with the first one. But this was a different Deadpool movie, because the first one was kind of like a movie that had a lot to prove. Um and it kind of was, it never should have happened in the first place kind of movie, because it literally took over 10 years, I think, in development hell in order to, yeah. come, to actually hit the screen. So Deadpool 2 is actually a, a movie with a lot of support, uh, a lot of uh, an existing fan base. It really doesn't have to prove anything. It just has to kind of uh, build on what it already did and, and just kind of own its space. And I think it does that particularly well. I think that it is a little more serious than the first one turned out to be. Um, but at the same time, I think that it earned the right to do that. Um, Gary, what do you think? 
Yeah, it definitely lost some of its uh, slapstick feel to it, I felt. I mean, not that it didn't exist, but it was nowhere in the quantities that we know, saw in the first movie. Uh, it's, it is a much deeper thing, almost like, you know, I guess a slice of pizza versus a nice pasta dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where, you know, this one was a little bit more, it actually was a little bit more nuanced. There was some more motivation to the characters, I thought, than just him, you know, him on this one track mind to find, uh, you know, the guy who, you know, created him, so to speak. And um, there was depth, there was reasoning for it. Um, Let's see, we talked about Marina Baccarin. Um, Cable, I really uh, thought Josh Brolin did an amazing job as, mm-hmm. as that character. I mean, I you know, I, having been a longtime comic book reader, I can remember when those Leafeld issues first started coming out, and um, and even as the character developed over time, and we found out secrets about it, you know, his background and stuff like that. And I just felt that um, they really nailed the character quite well in this um, film uh, until about the very end, <laughs> the last, maybe the last ten minutes. But. Um, uh, but overall, it, it, he was very true to form. He looked sp- spot on in a way that was uh, accurate without being um, tropish. Um, he did not have an overwhelming amount of pouches on him. Which I know was, that uh, was just somehow disappointing after and they, those, those issues with all those pouches. Yes, so um, that was uh, that, that was it. that was interesting. Um, I loved uh, the uh, the way that they put together X Force. Yes. <laughs> I thought that that was uh, quite times. entertaining. Both times, uh, yeah. <laughs> Peter, yeah, the, Peter yes. is truly the best of the X Men. That's all I'm going to say. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, Cable. That's that's an interesting one because Cable wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Somehow, I feel like they managed to somehow distill a character that has a really complicated backstory and actually got him back to the almost like bare bones basics of the Liefeld era where he really was just this, this soldier from the future with a bunch of really big guns. Um, and, but at the same time, they managed to pull out about a million references to X-Men history. I mean, having his, his daughter's name be hope. Yes. That was a nice touch. Um, the nicest feel like we, oh go ahead oh I'm sorry the nicest inside joke for me and I know people will, I I know it went over a lot of people's head in that they might not even appreciate it when um Deadpool makes a reference about um not seeing people's feet uh Rob Leif Leifeld was yes. har- horribly bad with drawing feet so he would often just literally fra- outframe the feet so he would never have to draw them and it was it became a sort of running gag throughout most of his uh most of his issues and even to this day I still don't think he does quite a good job but um uh, on some of his current work but regardless that was a nice inside joke and. I mean, there were tons of them, of course, but for diehard comic book fans, that one had me laughing hysterically in my seat because of yeah. how tr- true it was. So, um, that, uh, that was the audience when we saw it was laughing pretty hysterically at that because they knew what it was a reference to. So it was always it's always good to have uh, seasoned fans at the movies. Um, so you you mentioned that the last ten minutes you felt like Cable was a little bit out of uh, out of character. What do you mean by that? Well. Uh, you know, we were given strong motivations for all for just about everything he was doing all throughout then to when he decided to stay at the end. And I wish they really had given us some reason for it. They, I really didn't feel that uh, we had any sort of strong motivation for that. And um, I think it weakened weakened his character right at the very end. Now, of course, the whole thing's a little you know, jokey and off off edge or off kilter. So you know, you can overlook it a little bit. But given what I felt, they were doing such a good job of his portrayal and uh, his motivations. To have that just sort of crack out of the middle that he was just going to stay for the heck of it uh, seemed a little uh, little bit much. Yeah, I, I guess that for me, uh, it it took me a little while to kind of. Uh, get this feeling but there is so much about this movie that basically says 
don't sweat the continuity. Um, especially that, the end, yes. Yeah, absolutely, especially the end. That It's just kind of... Even though they are clearly trying to make jokes, I mean, they're, the, 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 the cameo by the X-Men is pretty damn funny. And the, if you give it any amount of thought, there is no way that that makes any sense because those movies that are out right now for the X-Men are, in, um, are set in the 80s and 90s. And this is very clearly modern. So yes. it, it's obviously in its own little world. Whether or not that's you know a commentary on uh, Deadpool's own little world, who knows, but... It's not meant to be taken seriously. So in a way, it's like even though they did do do things with motivations and then have things just kind of happen at the end, it, in a way, it's just they kind of almost told us in the first movie, just go with it. Just <laughs> this is going to be just a laugh riot. Have a good time. Don't overthink it. Um, so I can forgive them based on that alone. Uh, what was probably your least favorite part of this movie? Um. <coughs> Hmm. Um. I would say the uh, the boys' uh, motivation to be evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't get me wrong. I understand him wanting to get back at the headmaster and all the people who treated him cruelly in that whatever inst- institution that that was. But at the same time, there was a le- all of a sudden a level popped beyond that and. I just didn't see why that was. I would have much preferred the uh, sole motivation of uh, of him co- going after the headmaster, the staff, or maybe even the building as a whole versus um, versus him starting to hate everybody and wanting to kill lots of people in general. I found the, the boy kind of annoying on many levels. Well, so, I think he was supposed to be. Yeah, I was giving him a pass mostly for that, that you're not supposed to like the kid. I think you're supposed to see him as a bit of a jerk. And, yeah, I think that it, in that regard it worked. Um, a lot of people probably uh, feel that way. So, um, yeah, I think that that's true. I think that it just does not um, – it doesn't really work as far as the escalation. I mean, they kind of need to do that in order to give cable motivation <laughs> logic to it. But I think that they did kind of pushed, push rather um, at, at the uh, – at his motivations and getting him to be this big bad or this, this emerging big bad. And I kept on waiting for him to actually have like a different identity that would kind of make sense of it. But, um, yeah, there was pyro, but that's not quite right. Well, I mean, I know they play fast and furious, no pun intended with, uh, some of the powers and things like that. But, um, yeah, pyro, I guess he wasn't able to, he could control flame, but not generate it. So that didn't quite, that wasn't quite the fit that I was looking for. And he didn't quite do that either. So, I guess the other thing that kind of I was disappointed in, I don't know if, it, if, if I like disliked it or what, what have you, but what kind of uh, disappointed me was that we didn't get to see as much of, jeez, uh, she's got like such a long name, Negasonic, uh, oh. uh, what's her name? The, the yeah, no, um. nuclear girl. Um, yeah, bomb girl, whatever you want to call her. Um, we didn't get to really see too much of her, and then they introduced her girlfriend, Yukio, and... Other than the running gag with her being super cheerful and saying, hi, Wade, all the time, we didn't really get much out of her except for one shot, which was the same exact shot of her that we saw in the trailer. Yeah. So it's almost like, okay, what was the reason for that again? Like, it seemed like, I don't know, like they just kind of put her in there just to put her in there, just so that there was some connection to the first movie. Um, But I feel like with all the effort that they made to make Colossus a lot more prominent 
and to really play up the relationship between Wade and Colossus, that they missed an opportunity to do the same thing with Negasonic. Well, you know, I, th- I think that's part of the formula to, to a large extent. You know, you have you can have Deadpool, you have the antagonist, which was Cable, you have the problem, which was the boy, and then you, you're, you're allowed one you know, one buddy. And while we had the cab driver still uh, somewhat prominent, obviously uh, Colossus really took on the buddy role in the, in, in this, in this, uh, this um, episode of the franchise. Maybe? I don't know. But um, so, I mean, it sort of fits where he's got this sort of, you know, sidekick and to have more than one big one, I think, you know, sort of waters down the whole principle of it. Maybe it just really seemed odd to me that, you know, that he would, um, or that they would write her in at all then. I mean, if they, if, if they're just going to really rely on that relationship with, um, Colossus, Colossus, thank you. Then why do you need to have her in it at all? Well, fan favorite, I guess, but, uh, but yeah, you know, he can only have one and maybe a buddy and a half and, you know, that's got to be too much. Yeah, I, th- I guess that uh, unless they were going to actually wind up part of X-Force, which I don't see that they necessarily are, it, it probably would have been better to spend that extra time once again on uh, some of the other characters like Domino. Who? What did you think of Domino, by the way? Oh, I liked her a lot. I enjoyed her, the uh, sort of casual, less intense attitude that she had, but at the same time, it wasn't the goofball that um, Deadpool typically is. I thought it was a nice sort of balance and uh, in some ways it felt she portrayed the you know portrayed us she was a very nice everyman character i thought mm-hmm. yeah it was actually kind of fun to uh the way that they portrayed her ability if you will was actually like really dead on probably the best way to do so on film i really w- I was surprised and, and enjoyed that uh let's see uh what else regarding x-force did you like uh how about the cameo from shatterstar Oh yeah, that was that was a surprise, you know. As they're as we're already, uh, you know, hip deep in Leafield characters, we uh, get a, we actually get another one. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a long shot. I've always enjoyed the character yeah. myself, but but uh, we got Shatterstar instead. And uh, boy, did he shatter or oh, splatter? Yeah. Splatter might be a better <laughs> better better uh, adjective. And uh, but yeah, that, it was uh, it was nice. Um, he looks spot on for the character, which always is a little bit of a surprise. You don't know what liberties they're going to take with uh, some of these characters. So that was nice. But, yeah, it was a, we didn't see much out of him. And uh, it was probably for the best because he's never been really developed in the first place. Um, yeah, I thought uh, that it was actually pretty pretty clever like commentary on the fact that many fans felt like he was just a long-shot derivative that it was just he was kind of a joke as a character. So, you know, the way that he actually wound up getting taken out was, was pretty funny. Mm. And and uh, yeah, I, I I mean that whole thing with the original X Force just getting wiped out was pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, really yeah, really fast. Yeah, we're we're at we're X Force. <laughs> Who else? Just us. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned Juggernaut, and I was really surprised to see him uh, show up in this movie. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, uh, Marco, as I like to call, him, uh, uh, is was a uh, really was was a nice nice. Um, flavor for a villain i i think they got his power level just right he's often he's often in some ways a hulk character not so much just because of his size and and girth but rather he's as powerful as he needs to be against the hero (laughs) and um sometimes um sometimes they can wrap radically overpower him make him you know almost unstoppable and um i i thought they hit a nice level there you know you know all this sort of damage but at the same time you could still knock him around a little bit and things like that he was definitely a fightable villain which was which is nice because he 
typically is not portrayed that way. Um, and while they didn't go into it, you know, the whole helmet to stop his, uh, or maybe they did go into it to stop, um, Xavier from using mental powers because physical usually can't stop him at all. But we did see some effectiveness this in this movie, which, as I said, was it, it was nice for them to really cut his power levels down. So I, I, was, I was happy with that. Um, I wish the helmet looked a little bit better, though. It was really cheesy. And, of course, my wife asked, why'd they put him in there with the helmet? <laughs> so um, I said, well, it's probably made of plutonium. But, yeah, That's so... It, yeah. But uh, but yeah, he was he was a nice surprise of a villain, and I thought he he worked uh, quite well. How he was able to uh, sort of come, I don't know if manipulate get manipulated by that young boy, but uh, I would have figured he broke out and would just want to be gone, not uh, help this boy on his uh, quest of vengeance. So, but yeah, but like I said, it was still he was very entertaining, and I think he worked great as a villain. He was just big and bad enough. So, hmm. so what else would you say about Deadpool two? Well, I, I guess we really can't let it go without talking about the romance a little bit. We made some yeah, yeah. Uh, some some uh, you know aversions to it early earlier on as we started the show. But um, you know, I really thought that was sort of nice and touching, and even you know, some people will question the tastefulness of of the IUD as a gift. But um, I thought that you know it was a whole felt like an honest sort of talk that a couple would have as they're getting re- ready to consider having a child. And I thought it was very, very nice and sweet. And even after the, uh, after, um, after she was killed, um, the scenes where w- Wade would die and go into some type of limbo slash heaven place. Oh, were very touching and not being oh. able to get, get through that barrier was, uh, was heartbreaking. You know, you, you saw the, the, the actors did a, an excellent job of, you know, showing that they cared for each other, and then to, you know, have this sort of wall as you think they're both dead, so they're not going to get this eternal happiness or whatever, was really, um, you know, it, it, it was sad. It was really a, a moving moment uh, both times when he um, died and went to went to see her. So uh, I thought they did a really nice job with that. I mean, geez, you could probably make one of those Notebook movies or something if you stretched out those scenes. Uh, but yeah, so I, I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't. It was touching but at the same time it didn't keep you down as you as he came back up again into life and was still going around being a typical his typical deadpoolness um you didn't feel like that weighed you down it just sort of was there so that was that was nice it didn't didn't uh stop the speed of the movie in any way yeah i think that uh you're right there were um they actually leveraged the relationship from the first uh movie really well i thought here um kind of keeping her i thought that they did that to to write her out and so i was actually surprised when she was still present throughout the movie um and some people have mentioned that you know technically speaking there is a deadpool related character whose first name is vanessa so um could she still come back well yeah technically she could considering how the movie ends so it's and and you know somebody started like getting into doctor who level uh, analysis of the time travel and the rules of things and i just kind of said it's a deadpool movie and then they stopped uh so yeah i have no doubt that they are go- that they could if they wanted to bring her back um bring her back again if they really felt like they just wanted to play that i think what they basically did um was play um kind of like leave themselves um an out one way or the other so, um, which I'm perfectly fine with. Again, this is Deadpool. They should have as much flexibility to, to mess with things as they can. Uh, speaking and of... I, last and thing, I thought they did. They did. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How about that mid credit scene of Deadpool with the, with the... Yeah. With the time device? Yep. Yeah, well, as you said, they wanted to leave themselves an open door. They pretty much unlocked every door in the whole house with that movie. Oh, yeah. with, that, with that segment, they... Um, went back and took away the um, 
the original Weapon X, which was um, which was uh, Deadpool from um, Wolverine. They shot him dead <laughs> yep. multiple times. Although, should that really have killed him? But I digress. Anyway, uh, <laughs> then they uh, went through, and um, for those of us who are uh, who are fans of the comic book company across the street, um, they, they had him reading the Green Lantern. They had uh, had him reading the Green Lantern script and proceeded to kill him before he could do it. <laughs> yep. And that uh, on uh, social media prompted DC Comics to ask for the ring back. Oh, <laughs> just as a, as a uh, footnote there. Yeah, they said I think I think we need that ring back now. Is what they said. I believe he responded, "If the, if you, you had started with a Nuva ring, we never would have had that problem." Anyway, Ooh, um, yeah, nice. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All I can say is DC, you are demonstrating great fear. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, then we have him take back uh, Vanessa being killed. We have him taking back. What else did he do? Um, did he saved Peter. Yes, he, yes. He saved. Yeah, he saved Peter. Why didn't he bother That's to save anybody episode. else? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. No love for Shatterstar there. Anyway, um, so I, that was uh, that was uh, cute, and I guess as I said, it opens up the thing and. Gosh, uh, Cable must be really happy they're using all that extra time energy that he could have used to go home. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Uh, so X-Force is the next one up, and that's currently in, in uh, the scripting stage, so I guess we will hear more about that soon. But I can I think that it was a pretty successful sequel. I think it did everything that everybody would have ex- really asked for at this point. Uh, it didn't have that level of kind of radical... Uh, shift that the original kind of presented to the audience in terms of just uh, kind of throwing everything at the screen because who knew if it was going to be successful and they they were going to take their shot and go up down swinging. Um, yeah. They didn't need to do that this time. They didn't even really try. They just kind of basically took advantage of the fact that now they are a million dollar franchise, billion dollar yeah. franchise practically. Um, yeah, they, they said they did, did the movie well. for a hundred million and it's already pulled in, I think, three hundred as of this recording. So. Yep. There'll probably be a third. <laughs> there could. You never know. Uh, yeah. And and then just one last thing. Uh, in the opening, I love the James Bond style opening. Oh, yes. <laughs> of all the Deadpools floating and swirling mm. and uh, starring out and things like that. I thought that was, uh, that was cool. It was very cool. All right. So moving on from Deadpool 2, uh, Gary, how's your uh, your other TV watching going? Although I know there's not a whole lot that we've been able to pick up because, man, has there been a lot on, on the screen. I was going to say I've had to put it on pause for about the last two weeks just to keep up with ev- with with everything coming to a uh, coming to a head. Yep. Uh, the only thing really different than the usual that oh. we've been watching yes. is um, actually just tonight um, we picked um, we were we were looking for a show that all of us could watch here. Yes. That, uh, and so we decided on Chuck. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Yes, I there don't you go. Just Jeffster. If there are any emails <laughs> that get sent to you from me in the near future, do not yes. open them. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. So that uh, we were looking for something that had a little bit of uh, of a comedic bend, but also wasn't just a comedy where it would get kind of tired. So yeah, this is uh, I think a good time to kind of go back and revisit Chuck. It's been in quite a few years, and I well, yeah, I, I missed quite a few episodes in the first couple seasons. So Yvonne, Adam, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, good times. Good yeah. times at the Buy More. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're we're gonna go ahead and uh, especially as things rapidly start to uh, wrap up over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, delve into that. It'll take us a little while since there are five seasons. So, um, and yeah, when we're not watching that, I still have my long list of shows that I was I've been saving up. Um, have you been adding to it? <laughs> um, nothing's really been added. 
However, the second season of Luke Cage is coming, so I really have to watch the second season of Jessica Jones first. Um, and then I can watch Luke Cage. And um, Cloak and Dagger, another Marvel show um, on Freeform, is coming. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's really interesting. I'm I'm, I'm curious how they're gonna how they're gonna do uh, frame the whole the frame the whole thing. I've seen some of the clips and previews, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that a great deal. Yeah. Beyond that, though, I have to be honest. Uh, as shows kind of go off the list, we got we got kind of hammered with a ton of shows to watch, and then with I would say within the next couple of weeks. There's not a whole lot out there. <laughs> Goes away all over again. It does, and the summer is really going to be sparse because other than Killjoys, um, I can't think of anything that's really pressing. So it's going to be a lot of catching up on shows that uh, I've been saving up and you know, maybe watching some movies and getting some reading done. Which will be well, and John, not to mention, I know you were interrupted. You were watching, re-watching Babylon 5, and it disappeared off Go90. And short of doing the horribly atrocious thing of pulling out your DVD set. You do have a DVD set, right? Of course I do. Fair enough. Okay, so short of having to go through those arch- that archaic technology, I want to let you know that Amazon Prime will start carrying Babylon 5 as of June 1st. So you can jump right back into your rewatch. That is wonderful to hear. Not only that, but it is a great time for any of those who are listening out there to actually pick up either a rewatch or even a first-time run through Babylon 5 as of the 1st of June. That's right. Mm. Only about a week away as we record this. So, yeah, get ready. Um, You know what the irony is, Gary? That um, I was so unhappy with the idea of having to use my Season 5 DVDs that even though we're only halfway through, that we're already halfway through the season, I decided to purchase the fifth season on Amazon. Oh. And then they come along and do this. What can I mm. say, though? I am more than happy to put my money towards Babylon 5. Even the, fir- even the fifth season? Even the fifth season. It, okay. But yeah, it was ma- mainly for the second half episodes that we haven't watched. So. Oh, well, okay. So it wasn't for Byron. I under- Okay. No. I remember Byron. <laughs> you should remember Byron. Uh, <laughs> fans understand. Yes. But, um, but yeah, you're definitely right. And uh, the one last thing I'll say about Babylon 5 before we move on is... I don't envy the people with the first viewing. I envy the people in the second viewing. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's that's the people I envy. The first one, you know, you get through it. It's the second one, the second time through it that you uh, really start to love and appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, okay. So beyond uh, then the regular TV shows that we yes. talked about, which we'll get into shortly. At least it started shortly. Uh, I have been reading a little bit. I read a, um, as you probably know, Gary, the the Star Trek novels have slowed to a trickle um, as they. What? Ah, I know. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I've become so accustomed to a steady stream of Star Trek pocketbooks and different novels over my you know, decades-long life that the drought all of a sudden is really uh, disheartening. Because admittedly, not all of them would be good, but there'll be another one out in about a month and a half, so you got another crack at it, and it's not happening anymore. Nope, nope. They're still supposedly awaiting some kind of word or, or, or official word regarding the license for the novels and so forth. And um, what, from what I hear, there's a pretty significant lead time once they do get the license to th- getting things out onto the shelves. So, I mean, 2018 is a loss. And the mm. longer this goes on, 2019 is in play. So, well, well, I've heard there's some big, big rights battle between CBS and Viacom. It might be merger slash battle slash I don't know hoot nanny, but uh, whatever it is, they, it's it's um, tying up all the properties. I even heard who 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 was giving an interview. Um, yeah, Myers, who did um, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer. He was uh, working on a movie, 
and it's been put on indefinite hold. And he said it was because of this whole CBS Viacom merger slash fight slash whatever it is has basically frozen every Star Trek production. Wow. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how if and how it def- affects uh, Discovery, but I guess that's far maybe far enough off the branch, so to speak, that it's not seeing the uh, issues that the the movies or anything else is. But um, yeah, it's literally frozen. Everything were, were his exact words. Yeah, I'm so. disheartened by the fact that this is protracted. At the same time, I have literally eight or nine books that uh-huh. I haven't touched yet, so. Um, the one that I read was uh, in the Deep Space Nine uh, continuity called The Long Mirage. Um, it was pretty decent, I have to say. Um, it was typical David George III in the sense that the first third of the book is just trying to remember where things left off because it takes a little while to get back uh, on your feet. And he doesn't always tell you, like, give you a, a good recap. Uh, it's kind of assumed that you are keeping on top of everything. But mm-hmm. once things get uh, moving along, it's actually a pretty solid read. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's usually. I I can't say I I really enjoy reading his books, but sometimes there's you know you'll take any, you'll you'll take any ship in the spaceport, so That's that it. might be the yeah. case. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it is definitely just an episode in a longer story, so it's something that's something to take into account, especially considering the fact that it's not like the writers of the books. Uh, planned on the fact that they were going to have this drought. So what I'm kind of uh, annoyed about, uh, or, or anticipate being annoyed about, is that I'm going to get so far into the into the last several novels, only to find that there is a, a lot being left unresolved. Um, yeah. uh, memories of the um, expanded universe for Star Wars. Ugh. I'm st- Mara! <laughs> find out yeah. what's going on with the Sword of the Jedi. Just oh. saying. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, then I also read, and it was actually a pretty quick read. I've never read the Shannara novels before, um, and so okay. I started in the chronological order of not when they were written or published, but rather in the storyline. Huh. Okay. That sometimes messes things up with book series, but okay. Yeah, I heard it really doesn't matter either way. So. Oh. Okay. Um, I read Angel Fire East, which is the third book of the uh, the Word in the Void trilogy, which is the f- kind of like the very beginning of the story, and it was pretty good. Um, a nice little decent little uh, little contemporary fantasy thriller. Um, enjoyed it quite a lot. And uh, so right now I'm actually catching up on my comic book reading. I'm about Yay! to behind. Um. But uh, kind of preparing myself for the uh, upcoming wedding in the yes. universe. Oh, D- oh, sorry, sorry. And there's of course the wedding that's taking place in the X Men universe right now too. That that one to me makes a lot more sense, and I've been looking forward to it for a long time. So. Yes, I think people who are of a certain age remember when they first started their relationship and are quite happy to see it coming to fruition. Jeez, I had a lot less gray hair then. Yeah, I sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's 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 one way of putting it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So right now that's what I'm doing, and then I think what I'm going to move into then is there are some short stories set in the Expanse universe that I never got around to that I want to read before I get into my next uh, whatever novel I'm going to read next. Oh, I was I wasn't aware of short stories. Is are they like collected in a novel or are they? Um, they are um, available on um, Kindle. Okay. So eBooks. But they, they are kind of like, there are some interstitial stories that take place between the novels. So in some cases, they are um, side stories or backstories for some of the characters and things of that nature. So there's actually, I think, four of them. And three of them are, I, I've read the books that they would be associated with. So the other one I'm just kind of putting away until I get that far into the series. But, yep, 
I'm just, you know, I'm kind of itching to get back into Expanse stuff, especially given the news. <laughs> the yes. News. Oh, the news the news that they've been canceled, John. Yes, I know. It was very disheartening to all of us. And we were very saddened by it. And I, I hope somebody can do something to, you know, to to carry on such a, a fine crafted show. Surely there is someone out there with with the guts, the money, and the fortitude to make something like that happen. I can only wish, John. Yes. And isn't it just interesting that I just mentioned Kindle and Amazon? Because it is quite possible that our friends who are putting Babylon Five back on the air on the 1st of June, might actually be picking up a fourth season of The Expanse. Um, it's still not absolutely a given, but it's looking promising, and boy, there's nothing like someone leaking that information and seeing the huge upswell of gratitude and hope on the part of fans and the internet as a whole to really, really give you incentive to pick up a show. So... One of the one of the few, I think, um, really strong um, positives of the fragmented or the ex- rapidly expanding digital streaming landscape is that shows sometimes have a chance to live on hmm. when the networks decide to pass on them. So let's hope the expanse gets moving on. I do know, however, that there are some people who are a little bit salty over the fact that the expanse got canceled, but Krypton got renewed. Um, because there are a lot of people who chose to kind of play favorites and say, hey, you know, how could sci-fi get rid of The Expanse while, you know, shows like Krypton that are quote-unquote lower quality are, are sticking around. All I can say is, people, there is a big difference between an international, hugely expensive show like The Expanse that's going into a fourth season and really getting maybe 500,000 viewers a week versus... Krypton that gets maybe half over that again and is not nearly as expensive. Oh yeah, it's it, it's cheap to make. What can you? Say? That's all it comes well, down to. People, I am I completely understand that people love the shows that they love. They wish that story and and the quality of story of, of writing and storytelling was the determining factor for shows staying on the air. And there are some people that are just absolutely unable to get past that that concept that hey if the show is a good show it should stay on the air forever no it has to have a return on investment these every network is a business and sci-fi we know this has always been the case and going after the sci-fi network executives over it is nonsense because this is comcast you know or nbc universal comcast that has for years now barely given sci-fi enough of a budget to even run the stuff that they already do run. They really only have the money to license stuff for so many years before they can't afford it anymore. We know that this is the way that it is. We know yeah. that that's the problem. So I don't know why people like are surprised when literally like one of the most expensive shows on the air is untenable from sci-fi's budgetary point of view. It's If it was getting five to six million viewers a week, they would have a return on investment. They would be willing to keep going. This gets barely you know, half a million viewers. Well, you know, remember, too, even a runaway hit like Battlestar Galactica had a fight for the fourth season. And, yes, you might say there's five, but, no, they just split the fourth <laughs> over, like, two years, three years to make that happen. And uh, and that was a show that was considered to be widely, wildly popular. Exactly. So, And that yeah. had a lot more viewers. Um, yeah, I mean, it just I, – I, when I read the news, I was not shocked. Um, it made perfect sense because we know what kind of uh, pressures that they're under. And the expense is not cheap. Um, that said, I think Amazon, they are willing to throw money at stuff right now in order to have, uh, to get themselves on an equal footing with Hulu and Netflix. This would be perfect. They don't really have a show like this. So why not? 
and quite frankly, bringing in, uh, if they were to basically start running Babylon 5 and in within the same week basically say we're also saving the Expanse, suddenly Amazon has a lot of credibility with old school hard sci-fi fans. That's a pretty compelling thing. They don't have really another show that fits in that market right now. Especially one that they kind of own, which they would own the Expanse since they actually have the rights to stream that, which sci-fi does not. Sci-fi actually gets nothing for st- past the uh, initial live viewing. They really? Don't, yeah, they don't get anything back f- for streaming. That's why that's a huge difference between uh, that show and Krypton as well. Their deal to run the Expanse was basically they barely were able to afford to show it once. So once you huh. know that and you realize, oh yeah, hey, this isn't even an you know a sci-fi original. This is you know this is them just basically paying to get it to run on the network and hope that it pays off. So, it's not surprising. Uh, anyway, enough about sci-fi. Um, one last thing before we wrap this particular episode up. So, the CW, having renewed literally just about everything else on the planet, has decided to also bring back the 100 and iZombie. Well, didn't they announce that, I know, didn't they announce iZombie, this is, they're topping it off this year? Yeah, they may be, which isn't a big surprise because iZombie has kind of been, uh, kind of barely getting season to season. Um, it's not one of their more popular shows. Um, but it's nice to know that they're at least getting another season to wrap things up. Um, and I think it's like season five. So, yes. I mean, that's not a bad run for that show. Uh, but they're also doing a reboot of Roswell, which I huh? don't know why. A um, reboot? Yeah. Okay. It's right. actually, um, from the description, it sounds like they're doing a more true-to-the-novels adaptation though not really it's kind of weird it's like the novel like the original novels that roswell was based off of but set like 10 years after or later i don't know it's really weird when you read it and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um not only that but there is going to be yet another vampire diary spinoff called legacies that kind of picks up from the end of both the vampire diaries and the originals to now have a third show in that universe so, yeah, that was completely unexpected, especially since they decided not to pick up the supernatural spinoff Wayward Sisters. Hmm. Yeah, so they didn't pick up the show that everybody was anticipating and did pick up a show that I don't think anybody even knew existed. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, as you say, it's probably budget. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, other news, too. CW is expanding back on the Sunday nights. Oh. Yeah, Supergirl will be on Sunday nights. In the- really? Yes. Huh. Yeah. I was just, I was shocked by that as well. That's was- just odd because it's been doing so well in its current time slot that I'm surprised they want to uh, shake the bottle. Well, maybe so, but unlike a lot of the other networks, as we see, the CW is is willing to just keep shows that have at least some following um, just churning along um, because they... they they are the kind of network that, because they are a subsidiary network, they, as long as the budget is low enough, and they're still getting ratings, they'll keep going. So, yeah, I mean, Supernatural is going into season 14. Mm. I'm just going to repeat that. Supernatural is going into s- season 14. This is a show that, by all rights, we had to fight just to get keep on the air back in season 3 and 4. And now it's going to be on season 14. Um... Yeah, and I'm a fan, and I still think maybe it's time. But, um, you know, for those who are saying, why why can the CW do that sort of stuff while um, sci-fi can't? Um, season 13 of Supernatural 
still pulling in about a uh, close to two million viewers. Wow. For the relatively low budget that it is clearly running on. I was gonna say, and that's probably the budget for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, and it's that performance ratings wise has been pretty steady for the last few years. So there's really no reason for them to uh, to rock the boat. Uh, but that's it as far as news and about certain shows goes. Uh, so we're going to probably wrap this particular episode up and get into episodic discussion next. Uh, Gary, any last thoughts on uh, Deadpool 2 or any of the other things we talked about? Um, yes, I have to say, in all my years of reading comic books, I have never seen a villain taken out like that. And I hope I never do again. <laughs> Seconded. Until next time. And so ends another epic episode of The Critical Myth. If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show, but there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review. So let us know if you agree or not. You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus under The Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as Fair Use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time, watch, watch, read, read, and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the critical, in the critical myth.